Welcome in to We Talk Facts with nine-year NBA veteran and Nebraska basketball Hall of Famer Eric Strickland and two-time Nebraska football national champion Lester Johnson. Talking shh and taking names in sports and day-to-day living. Sit back, relax, and join the show with nine-year NBA vet and Nebraska basketball Hall of Famer Eric Strickland and two-time Nebraska football national champion, Clester Johnson. Welcome into We Talk Facts. It is another Thursday evening, and it is Thirsty Thursday. I don't have my Thirsty Thursday drink, but I will go get it in the next segment. I see my boy. <laughs> I see. I knew my boy was going to come with it. I know he was going to be ready for us here on We Talk Facts. Thank you once again for time, time chiming in. To We Talk Facts, Cluster Johnson, two-time national champion, Eastrick here, as well as our partner in crime and on the board, our guy, our friend, our boy. What's up, Harrison? Doing great, Strick. It's right? nice Thursday night. I mean, Thursdays are my Fridays, so I'm uh, always in a good mood on my Thursday no nights. Doubt. No doubt. A lot of stuff going on in here tonight. We've got uh, the uh, Christmas party where a lot of, if you're around in the 11th and, and, and O uh, location, be happy to stop by. I've got some snacks and some, you know, some food and and some uh, some libations. And guys are out there chopping it up with those who uh, work with, sponsor, uh, as well as do some uh, coordination with us here at 93.7 The Ticket. We've got DP, as well as Rico, out at the National Championship Final Four. Yeah, about an hour underway here. We're about to get it done soon. So a lot going on right now, but we're going to get into it. Class, how are you? I'm doing quite well. Um, you know, it's a very festive time of the year. I feel like everywhere I go, um, you know, the lights are out, people are in the spirit, and quite a few people are like done working. Like next week and these next few weeks, people the streets are gonna be filled with people not working and, and buying presents and it's just kind of a cool time of the year. You know, it's a cool time of the year where people are just kind of in the in the in the spirit of of the holidays yeah i was definitely in the spirit uh when myers cork and bottle was just in here <laughs> tapping in on some of that uh, that i'm gonna go get i'm telling you i'm going to get a glass in the next segment uh class we're going to get into it because um the nba right now is um uh, dealing with the draymond green experience and uh when i say that there's uh there's some that have come in before him we've got enforcers that will we call them back in the day uh, then we've had some pro- problem children, and you look at Rasheed Wallace. You look at uh, what what he he kind of became, and uh, Dennis Rodman. Uh, just how things transpired with him, and then all of a sudden, you also had Meta World Peace, and then you had the Malice in the Palace. You had all of that, but at the end of the day, Draymond Green kind of finds himself becoming that guy of this era. Uh, now has been suspended indefinitely. Uh, what do you see going forward and how do we get here? Like, like was, was the timing on this from Adam Silver? I know, I know it was necessary. It needed to be done, but is the timing on this uh, years late, you know, seasons late, you know, what is your thought on this and how do we get here to Draymond Green now um, becoming the pariah of, of the NBA as far as how he's dealing with uh, on and off the court issues with other players and so let on. me throw some let me throw some more names in there how about Bill Lambeer mm. how about how about Rick Mahorn mm-hmm. 
How about uh, um, Charles Oakley, right? Yeah. Um, this is not new, Strick. This is not new. But one of the things that you will hear a common theme, and that's about the old NBA versus the new NBA, the image that they're trying to portray in this new era uh, doesn't coincide with how the NBA used to be. Like, we can go back and look at some of those films, like even before the Malice in the Palace, um, you know, quote unquote, they would use the word thug, right? Mm. Thuggish. Mm. And, and sometimes that can have a very negative connotation on on a group of people. So you got to be very, very careful on how you use some of these terms. But listen, obviously you and I are very old school, right? Yeah. And I like Draymond Green. I mean, I like his style of play and what he does. Now, when you put someone's health in danger, you know, when you when you have the potential to to injure somebody and they're going to be out where they can't uh, take care of their families, I mean, then you're going too far. But some of the talking and maybe just the pushing, just letting people know, F around and find find out. You know, yeah. F around if ever he you know, I don't mind that in the NBA. And it's I can't even think of another guy that's comparable to Draymond right now. And that's I, what's I really crazy can't. because I think he would have been he would have been tested, chin checked, or somebody would have went back at him, you know, back in the old school day. It wouldn't have been like you you know, you would have did that to like Kareem Abdul Jabbar and he would have hit you with a, a Bruce Lee, you know, karate chop. You know what I'm saying? So, right. you know, guys like Tom Janovich got dropped with the two-piece chicken wing. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, you got, you've got things like that that happened back in the day. You know what I mean? But I'm going to say this. I, I personally don't like it. I don't like that they're, they're making this uh, a deal. But I understand in the fact that they probably have advertisers and they have an, a certain image that they want to uphold. Um, when it comes to kids watching and even the youth who play basketball, because one of the things you notice, Eric, is everything that happens in the NBA or even in even in college per se, kids emulate that. Mm-hmm. Right. So that being said, like there's one that I see right now. If you get dunked on, if you do something, people do that. They do this. Yeah, hand do down. That. They do that right there. Yeah, oh, yeah. They do that. Like, like you too small for me. So I can understand why um, the NBA is cracking down. But still, I, I'm just saying I like – I like you You have to have a yin and a yang to everything. You can't just have this whole purity thing going on in the NBA. I, that's not exciting. Listen, I guarantee you, Sports Center. They did a whole special on this, right? Mm. Ratings go up to talk mm. about this kind of stuff, mm. right? So, I mean, I think it's good for ratings. I think it's good to to just discuss it. Uh, you can even see some of the guys who, uh, 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 you know, that are chirping back. They're, he's making some people talk back about his style of play. Um, so... Yeah. We need the yin and the yang, Strick. We need yeah. it. We need it. Yeah. Um, 
one of the things is is that um, you you look right now at the franchise. Is it, is it a hindrance? And I want to ask Harrison about this as well because he's now in this new area. He's got a chance to watch the dynasty of Golden State, you know, come up and, and where they've come from. And and he's been an integral part of that. You know what I mean? So, you know, is this? Do you see? It's trying to be a spark because here's 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 what I say, right? They're in a they're in a quagmire right now because right now they're there's uh, trying to figure out what's going on with Clay Thompson. He hasn't been playing up to his level of performance over you know his career and his years. Um, you know they're not they're not really getting out of Wiggins what they had got out of him before they they touched mm-hmm. him with the big bag. Um, obviously, they moved on from Jordan Poole, and and Draymond then secures another four year, one hundred million dollar deal. Um, so so you've got all of that going on. Steph Curry, Golden State is one of the biggest and most um, prized franchises right now in the NBA, but they're not playing up to that level. So is this kind of a spark thing? Is this kind of like to make and pave the way to open the door for like Kaminga? They they really need. Kaminga to emerge is this kind of like maybe a, a a situation where it could be beneficial to them or is it more of a hindrance and a hurt to the uh organization and the franchise Harrison go ahead yeah I'm uh I don't know if it's like really doing anything to necessarily help the franchise I mean you can still set the tone defensively and not get ejections get yourself thrown out of the game you look at PJ Tucker he's getting zero points he's still out there playing every night playing great defense that's his role they need him to just be more efficient. Like he's still a great player, one of the best help defenders in the league. Still, it's not like he's a bad player or anything. You need him out there on the court. I think it's just him getting frustrated. You know, like you said, the quiet, the Warriors right now they're in yeah. a little bit of a funk. The turnover situation they've always it's always been a problem for the Warriors, but now you're at a point that your defense isn't as lead on top of it. So you're turning the ball over a lot. You're not playing as great a defense as you used to be, um, and you're just out of sync. Wiggins, you kind of talked about. They've benched him late in the fourth quarter in games like they're for whatever reason not getting the same production out of him and of course Chris Paul situation just nothing's clicking right now for the Warriors at all and I don't know if he's trying to get some energy injected into that team but you know a blind right-handed hook to Nurkic isn't gonna yeah, help anything this like, I, don't think, I don't like the route this ain't UFC my boy that, that would have been a good spinning back fist in UFC but this is yeah. the NBA so that's a it's a little different uh, mm-hmm. letter usage for uh, the three letters are you guys buying anything about this being against in particular about European players, I feel like that's just coincidental. Like, I don't think, yeah. I think that's getting blown up by the media. I don't think he's targeting. No, I like, think anybody could have got that smoke. Exactly. If, if it would have been there at that, that, that time. Go ahead, Cliss. I, I want to add something, you know, just like any dynasty, right? What, what, what goes up is eventually going to come down. This dynasty is not going to last forever. It's amazing that Steph Curry, this is his 14th year. Like, when you think about that, mm. I mean, these guys are now kind of getting up in age. Right. And uh, I think they got they have to start looking at can they get one or two missing pieces that can help this current team? I, I, I won't be surprised here in the next few years that they're going to start to uh, maybe try to start over, turn you know, turn this roster over a little bit. They had to get rid of Jordan Poole because obviously they valued Draymond a lot more than him, and that chemistry had been destroyed, obviously, from the um, incident that they had. But um, 
I just think what we're seeing is the 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 end of a dynasty. It, it's, mm. it's, it's coming to an end. Uh, Draymond, you know, obviously got he, you know, he's when you do things like that, you're obviously very frustrated. He he's he's not he's never been super athletic in the first place. Right. Like, it's sort of like a Bill Lambeer. Like Bill Lambeer kind of did some of these little dirty things to get you out of your game or to strike some fear into you. And I just think that's part of Draymond's game. It's like, he wants you to kind of fear him. He wants you to be tentative around him because it gives him an advantage. But, you know, obviously he's kind of gone too far with it. Yeah. Um, And again, I I don't mind it as long as you're not jeopardizing someone else's career because it's given us something to talk about. Um, and, And I'm okay with that. Uh, let's, let's, let's move on to a different topic right now, because, um, you know, we're also going to talk today about the, obviously the quarterback situation that's going on here at Nebraska. We're definitely going to delve into that cluster being a former Husker, um, has also dealt with experience in the transfer portal and what that looks like and the different type of conversations that are going on. He would be able to give us a little bit of insight on that, but, um, let's, let's move on and talk about the Detroit Pistons right now. Uh, 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 Pretty storied franchise, obviously going back to uh, Isaiah Thomas and, and the bad boys and what they were been able to build, and then Chauncey Billups. And I had spoken earlier about one of the most underrated players that came in was Ben Wallace. He came in my draft class, and and Ben Wallace, who who helped to solidify also with Tayshawn Prince and Rip Hamilton and that crew, just just had a nice little run themselves as well. And then you know now find themselves as the doo-doo brown, uh, the bottom feeders, the shrimp and crab of the NBA. Yeah, only two <laughs> wins so far. <laughs> they're at the bottom scraping all the <laughs> they're scraping all the, all the trash off the bottom of the ocean of the NBA. Um, right now, <clears throat> they're at is it twenty twenty is it uh, Harrison twenty one. Game? So, yeah, so they got it's two and twenty two. I want to say is the record Oof. right now. Let me double check, but. Lord they won two out of their first three, and they've lost every single game since. So, you know, I've been on a losing team. I know what it feels like, and I understand what it's like when that that streak hits, and it's like a snowball sometimes. And we want to talk. What I want to what I want to talk about is how does this happen, and then what it takes to get out of it, and it's something that they're missing as to why they're stuck in the mud they're stuck in quicksand and they're sinking very fast um do you want to you, you got something you wanted to wanted to touch go ahead i'm just ready to chime in because I, I i got a i got a good feel on this one. yeah all right go they're ahead. two and 22 just for context so they are sitting two and 22 bottom of the east um i'm gonna say this everything starts at the top i'm gonna say that mm. and you know, Joe Dumars was a pretty significant part of that franchise, and I know he's now since moved on to the home office of the NBA. He's 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 doing some other things now, but you know they went to the conference championship seven years in a row with Joe Dumars, and they won a championship. And again. It all to me starts with leadership. If you are making poor moves at the top uh, with your roster, uh, some it, it goes. It, it has not, to me. 
you can you yes, coaches and players have to take a a big part of the responsibility. But I'm gonna tell you, the chemistry of the team and how it's supposed to be molded goes even above that. Um, we can even look at Trev Alberts, right? Look at Trev. People who preceded him obviously did a poor job of putting the correct people in place to get the program back in place and having the correct goals and having the goals in place and everybody having the right vision. That's obviously not going on in Detroit. I just think the the loss of Joe Dumars has been kind of the demise of that old school bad boy mentality that they used to have because that's hard work even, mentality. They just, they, they was a grinder. Yeah. They had Chauncey Billups. Like you said, they had Rip Hellington. They, they, they had guys that kind of embodied who they were mm-hmm. and the and city thing, and the city and the city and yeah. the city. And, and that thing is gone now. That's gone. Yeah. They got to go back. They got to go back to that. I also, I, I want to take into account. I re, I remember coming on to a, an organization, um, that didn't have a lot of veteran leadership and it, and it kind of started, I would say with the Roy Tarpley situation where, you know, unfortunately, I mean, one of the most gifted four men that I'd, I'd had the privilege of seeing. And then, you know, with the, with the, you know, addiction and stuff like that, then all of a sudden you lose that piece. Then you trade away some of your mainstays uh, in, in the runs that you had with Derek Harper and, and, and Mark Aguirre uh, who obviously goes up and becomes a bad boy. And then, um, you know, then then also you had Rolando Blackman in that crew, and it kind of disseminated, which was that that staunch winning mentality. And then you go young, and you're able to acquire multiple high-level first-round draft picks. You have Jamal Mashburn, you have Jamin Jackson, you have Jason Kidd, and, but it's a young crew with no leadership, like, you know, Popeye Jones. Like, you know what I'm saying? You don't really, you don't really have no veterans that just really was able to take those young men by the reins and show them the ropes, right? So to them, it it gets a point I think, Sebo, where you know this this young crew because I remember being in the in the elevators with those group with the with that that team and we would get our butts kicked by you know a team and then the next thing you know they're worried about where we're going and smiling and giggling and laughing and I'm over here like. What y'all smiling and laughing for? Y'all just got y'all butts handed to you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, man. (laughs) And so I I can see because here's why. I've also seen that pattern in Houston. You know, Houston had a very just young, you know, very athletic and talented and all of that, but couldn't put it together. And then now you go and get out a nice coach who has leadership qualities and then you bring some veteran presences down there. Um, you know, with that team, you know, you have Van Vliet and then you have uh, um, uh, you can throw Dylan Brooks. Brooks. Yeah, yeah, you have those guys because see, Dylan Brooks learned from, guess who? Steven Adams. Mm-hmm. Steven Adams took that young Memphis squad and, and just kind of was that leader in that group because everybody, you know, what, you know, you know what it is. You know, that's kind of what he's brought to them down there. So you got a Udoka, you've got a great now coach someone to help to lead the charge of that group and you see them doing a lot better i just don't see that that's the case right now up in uh, detroit and i think that's probably part of their downfall that leadership is missing yeah you see anything with that uh you you understand where i'm going with that yeah well it looks like they just 
expected Monty Williams to take over and be all the leadership for that roster. Because you got a young guy in Cade Cunningham who I'm not out on yet, mm. but like Killian Hayes, I think at this point he's not turning out the way you would hope to. Your hindsight being 2020, Halliburton would have helped a lot, especially watching what he's doing now on the Pacers. You thought you would Even, get more out of Jaden Duran. Yeah, he's just he's been okay. And then you, James Wiseman, you spend uh, you spend a lot of picks Capital. on trying to get James Wiseman. Mm. Um, and at that point in his career, it already wasn't great. His stats were kind of indicating he wasn't the player you maybe thought he was going to be, but they still spend the capital. And you talk about now you got Monty Williams, your 20, 21 game losing skid here, your near the edge of breaking the record, but the 76ers have with 26 losing game skid. It's just, you got a bunch of young players. Uh, you made some bad trades to get James Wiseman. And it's, you just took Monty Williams, putting a bandaid, thinking that he could develop that entire roster when it wasn't a good roster to begin with. They just a lot of bad acquisitions. It's weird to say, but it's a team that for as young as they are, they almost might have to blow it up again or just keep tanking out until they get some real prospects because the roster they have right now yeah they're young but i just don't i don't it, they're not like other young rosters out there where i see a lot of promise yeah, it doesn't look like there's a lot no. of hunger mm -hmm. you know like like this is right now it's about you know paperwork you can see it like on the, yeah. at the end of the, the body games, language like really watch the end of their games yeah. it is they're even zooming in on it now because it's just every single face it's a big sigh uh, they, it doesn't even look like they believe they yeah. can win those games anymore. And they got a tough schedule. Spurs are going to be one of their best chances to hopefully get a win here. But if they can't get that one uh, in the upcoming week here, like it's it's going to be a long year for the Pistons. Well, there it is. Yeah. Go ahead, Sebo. Again, I just feel like a guy like Joe Dumars would not have allowed this to happen. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm just saying. I, it, to me, it, it just goes back to that. Um. I was just listening to Harrison talk about all the acquisitions. I mean, uh, and all the young talent on paper that seemed like it was really good. Um, I think a good GM knows what fits. You can't just throw a bunch of good names in a hat and think it's going to work. Like, you have to know talent, what the strengths are, personality types, Um all of that, the good GMs know, they do their research. They don't just pick up, they don't just get players. They, they do they do their extensive research, and, and there's levels to it, baby. There's levels. Well, there it is. Um, we're going to come back, and we're going to talk about the uh, quarterback situation here at Nebraska. Um, so much promise was looking at <laughs> just a few days ago. It was so much promise, and then all of a sudden, uh, the bottom seems to have fallen out. And we're going to get into it, talk a little bit more in detail. We're WTF. We talk facts. We'll be right back. 937 the ticket, ticketfm.com.